My name is Megan Mealy, and my sister-in-law committed suicide when I was nine. Hello, everyone. My name is David Ferrugio, and this is Dead Talks. If you don't know what this is about, then you're missing out. But um, the premise of this podcast here is, in case you haven't heard the first few episodes, we're going to be talking to a new guest every episode. And I have a very exciting guest today who's going to share their story and their experience with death, hopefully in a lighter tone. Uh, In the meantime, this guest today is very special and dear to my heart, primarily because she's just a very close friend, one of my best friends. And I was super excited that she was willing to share her story with us. Um, she's like a sister to me and she lives right down the block. So just to, uh, get right into it again, we have Megan Mealy with us today. Hello. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. We have the whole family here actually as well. Her husband's on the audio. Some other guy, Jake is in the the other seat over there. Anyway, let's get right into it. Um, once again, thank you so much for being here and let us know who we're remembering and we'll get right into it. Sure. We are here to remember my sister-in-law, Jess, who committed suicide when I was nine. Well, yeah. So start from the top, wherever you want to. Yeah, where the story happens. You know, it's funny when I was I was reflecting on this, and I saw and knew that you wanted to do this. I was like, all right, am I going to approach Dave on it, or is Dave going to approach me? Because you know, we've talked so much in the past about our connection to death, and really more, I would call it the connection to life from it. And um, yeah, I guess it starts back. It honestly starts a little bit before my sister in law passed away. It was when my dog died. Your <laughs> so dog, like my first. <laughs> real like people are here and then they're gone and it was it's i I won't digress too far into it but it's something that i thought about when i was reflecting on it but when i was like seven uh it was christmas morning like magical morning doorbell rang bells outside and there's a box with a dog in it named gaby and it was from santa and he was like please take care of this dog and i was like gaby gabriel Oh, it wasn't named yet, but that's my guardian angel. Yeah, so okay, that's, that's other thing. Okay. It's a, okay, cool. Although we named if, him Gabriel. Wasn't sure if you mispronounced Gabby. No, it's Gaby. It was cool. Gaby. Cool. And uh, yeah, I, I had this dog for like a year and he ended up unfortunately running away one night and he got hit by a car. And I was like, the morning that my parents told me, they brought, brought me and my brother into the kitchen and they were like very somber and they explained what happened. And I was like, no way. Like I'm taking care of this dog for Santa. Like he's going to be so disappointed in me because he literally was like, Megan, take care of this dog and he ended up passing away it was like something that it was my it really was my first introduction to like okay now this dog's not here and I was still like wait a minute where is this thing and if you fast forward my so my brother got married and had a baby his name's Eric um and he was about one and my sister-in-law was fighting depression clinical depression for most of her her life and most of what I knew her she was only I think she was 19 even when she married my brother my oldest brother um and she was only 21 when she passed away. And my old, my nephew, who's my oldest nephew now, was only one year old at the time. And uh, it's interesting. I kind of learned a pattern from my parents from that, that they would bring me and my brother in the kitchen every time there was something. It was like before school or end of day. And they were like, we have to talk to you and sit us down. And uh, yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. We were getting ready. I think I think it was in the morning. It was first thing in the morning. And they pulled my brother and me, my one older than me into the kitchen. My mom was like, we have to talk to you. You know, something happened. um, And she said, Jess passed away. And I was like, my Jess? Because it made no sense to me. I was like, there's no way. Remind me how old you were at this time? Nine. So I was really young. 
And um, there was a neighbor across the street. Her name was Jess as well. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, it must be her because it can't be the one that I know it is. It can't be the mother to my nephew. And um, they explained, you know, they were like, it's Jess. It's, it's Mike's wife. She passed away. And it took some time. And what was interesting in that moment, too, I learned really quickly. And it's mostly on reflection, though, that like everyone deals with them those things differently. You know, my parents were great to say what do you want to do today? And I was like, I want to stay home. You know, I want to think about this. I want to like mull it over, try to understand it. And uh, my brother was like, I want to go to school. You know, I want to distract myself. I want to think about, you know, anything else but what actually happened. And um, it's it's really cool to learn that about people because you start to learn that there's really no right way to go about anything, right? Like talking about it, something like this, I think gives people the comfort that what they're doing might feel weird after, but it's all kind of a part of the process of like, mm -hmm. this person's no longer here, you know? What does that, how do you deal with that? There's no- There's no right way to do it. No right way to do it, you know? Especially at nine, so did they tell yeah. you how it happened? Yeah, so I did know, I, I honestly, it's it's interesting. Another thing when I was thinking about coming on this to talk to you um, was like, how much do I wanna recount? Like, how much do I wanna remember? How much do I wanna actually just reflect on this as like a grown, woman at this point, because a lot of even when you and I, Dave, have talked about it in the past, I think we we're in our early 20s. Things were a little bit fresher for honestly, both of us, like in, in, in many of the things. And, you know, I, I was starting to think about the chronologically, uh, chronology, chronologically, chronologicals, look that one up um, <laughs> of it. And I did know that she committed suicide. A lot of the details of it were, of course, left out because I didn't really need to know on that. And um you know, that alone was, I think, part of the reason why this was so heavy because it was, it's hard to comprehend as a, as an adult, you know, what gets you to that point or, and when you look at things like the things that my sister-in-law had with her, you know, a one-year-old, how, you know, everybody's like, if there's a baby in the picture, like, how could you walk away from that? And it just makes you realize the depth of that disease that it's like, it's something that is beyond beyond comprehension, you know, for somebody to really grasp. So at nine, yeah. Was there any comprehension? I mean, in regards, especially at that point, I want to stick to the point where yeah. when you first heard it, I mean, I'm sure the point where you don't really want to dissect it so much because you're just kind of mourning. Yeah. But at the same time, you, like, when that happens, don't you just question it? Like why? Yeah, just you said Completely. why and you think about all these other things. Completely. So what was going through, do you remember what was going through your mind? Because when it happened to me at 12, you know, I feel like a lot blacked out of me. Right. I think for me, I think a lot of where I found trying to trying to seek understanding in it was it years, decades of me trying to fully comprehend what what that kind of death even means. So at nine, there's no way I couldn't. There's no way I could. I could say the words that my sister-in-law committed suicide. I knew those things. I knew that she struggled with it. And I knew that it wasn't, you know, I did know that she was clinically depressed. Like these are all things like facts that I knew about the situation from my mom, my sister, people trying to explain it to a nine-year-old. Um, but I think, I think that's one of the things that made me grow up so fast, emotionally at least. Like I think because it, what ended up happening from there is that same year, my both of my parents, I mean, both of my mom's parents passed away from old age to like, you know, nothing, nothing tragic like that. Like it wasn't an accident for both of them. Um, but it was like 
think one thing after another. And then there was a few things that happened in school. Like uh, when I was in eighth grade, another kid had passed away from suicide. And then there was a friend's brother. And it was like this thing that I, I felt for a while that was chasing me. And I was like, what am I, what mm. is like, why what is, is what is this? Like, why is this continuously happening around me? Like, not that I ever thought for a second, is this my fate? Is this like what it's going to lead to? But it was like always trying to find, like I've always been seeking reason behind it. And I think, I don't know that I fully come up with it, but I definitely, when I was, again, when I was thinking about coming on here, I don't know if people went to Catholic school, but Journey and Kairos are like retreats that you go on in Catholic school, you can choose to go and a lot of it is people talking about their story and like how they've grown. And I was actually a leader on that because of a lot of this stuff. And when I went home for Christmas, I was like, I'm going to read up on what I wrote, like <laughs> prepare for dead talks, like my, you know, my big moment on how to explain all, you know, the reasoning behind all this. And then I was like, no, I actually kind of want to talk about it as I am now, you know, not as the 18 year old that was trying to figure it all out. And yeah, I think it's just the the best way I can describe it is kind of the first thing I said, which was what you and I kind of connected on in college a lot, which was we connected on life because death was in our, our lives, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I think when you tra start chasing a reason for a lot of things, let alone a topic like this, yeah. it starts getting frustrated because even when you think you found a reason, no one tells you, yep, that's the answer. Yeah. It's so subjective. And I feel like the reason is a lesson, yeah. if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's the reason behind it is as long as you take it as a lesson and it sounds like you have. So when you were chasing yeah. that, Sorry, when it was death seemed to be chasing you. Yeah. Sounds like a Goosebump novel. It does. Um, what What was going through your mind at that early phase to now? Like you said, were you, were you contemplating what the reason was at that early age too, as much as you are now? And because you said like a decade later, you start making these realizations and these reflections, yeah. which makes sense. You become older and more mature. Yeah. But at that time from nine to whatever, you said you were asking yourself these questions? Yeah. And I was like, it, in my head too, a lot of at that point, what it was, was like, okay, how can I be somebody that helps someone? You know, how can I be someone that helps people who have either been through this? And it kind of led me into, I think, the person that I am and my friends. Like a joke is always like, you go to Meg for advice. You go at work, they always call me wise one. It's not because I have big eyes. It's just because they like, there's things that I was, I was always seeking like, okay, I'm going to become this person that like helps everyone. And I think quickly evolved to and it honestly it led me to doing the degree I did in psychology like I thought that was my path but I kind of actually found that it, like the way that I always think about it is you notice it the most when someone's remembering someone like you for instance your dad like I know all the pictures you're going to post of your dad because it's like a moment right it's like every single person in life you start life and you're a line right like you're a dot when you're born and people come in and out of that dot or in and out of that line that you've created. And sometimes it's an abrupt end to the line that they've impacted you. Like all of them are parallel. And sometimes it's an abrupt end because they pass away. And sometimes it's because you have a falling out. But like when you think about it, like I'm 31 years old. My sister-in-law was in my life for almost three years. That's nothing in comparison to things. But the depth of the experience that her line in my entire life made is that's the part that matters. So I think like what I've taken from that is these these moments, like these pictures that you have, right? That only you can't get new ones because they're gone. Like that's the worst part. You know, you go back and you're like, 
remembering this person and it's like the same six pictures that you have that are your favorite ones because that's it. But like how deep those go and how deep you actually make connections with people and how impactful they can be, the length of the line doesn't matter, the depth does. And I think that's what I've like taken into my life where it's like these experiences that you have in front of you and like whether or not you're going to do X, Y, and Z, who you're with and how you're impacting those people around you, like that stuff matters, you know? Right. It doesn't matter how long it's been or how big it is. For some reason, certain memories just stick with you stronger and stronger. And that I wonder, maybe it's a combination, you tell me, but the fact that you were nine, I was going to say the first death, but- Technically, your daughter's the first. Gaby, Rest Gabby, peace, Gabby, Gabby. Rest in peace. Um, so you think it impacted you so much because of the way it happened, the age you were, or was it how close she was? Was it just it, the abruptness of it? Like, do you have an answer to that in yeah. regards to why it made such an impression? I think it's abruptness. And I think for me, it's also compounded by a lot of different ways of death happening, right? It was like something that could seem so trivial, especially to someone who doesn't have dogs, getting hit by a car. Then I lose my sister-in-law to suicide, which is like, again, unfathomable for a nine-year-old, but that happens. And then I'm seeing my brother like come up from that with a one-year-old. And then my grandparent, my grandma passes away from, you know, Lyme's disease. And then my grandfather dies a bit suddenly. And then uh, my other, you know, like you just, I kind of like saw all these versions of this thing that really at the end of the day, it's just still that person's gone, you know? Right. So what is... What was your response from it in the sense that, you know, it's interesting that you said it felt like you, death was following you. Mm-hmm. And you can look at, people can look at that in so many different ways. Like, what the fuck? Is like yeah. is, is this after me? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. And you didn't take it as, oh, it's coming for me. What what was your take on it? I Did you define it? I don't know that I fully did. I mean, I went through, there was a time that I went through that I don't really talk about too much, but my my sister would be the first one that if she was listening to this, she'd be like, you have to say. But I had moments where... I thought I was like, I would find myself in my room alone and my sister would come in and I was young. Remember, like when I was nine, I felt like I was 19. But when I look back on like my nephews being that age and my niece being that age, I'm like, oh my God, I was a baby when I was going through this. I used to say, oh, granny came and talked to me and Jess came and talked to me. And I think, you know, I'm not, I don't think that I'm someone that can necessarily connect. I definitely believe in energies and things, but I think that I was still trying to seek this like, understanding of you're here and then you're not. And I think, you know, for a time I was still trying to be like, well, it's not like, I don't want that line that I think of, you know, I don't want that line to be over. I don't want the memories to stop being made. Um, So I was always kind of trying to get a grasp of like, why do these things come in and leave so strong? And and why are there so many different ways that you can lose someone? And um, I really think the biggest things that I took from it, especially as it continued is, as there was like different people. And there was, I was always, I was also always like connecting people to me when they passed away. I was like, oh my God, that's like six degrees of separation. That one's this close. Cause I'm like, you know, it's, it's me, you guys, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's this grim, re- the grim Meg Reaper coming. But, um, you know, I do, I definitely believe I've, I've always, especially after losing my sister-in-law, like everything happens for a reason is something that, I fully believe in, and I don't necessarily know if the reason's known when the thing happens, but I think that what you do with tough situations and how you overcome them and how you live, just like we're talking about, like instead of how you dwell on the death, that's where the reason kind of comes from it, you know, where you're like. So how did you contemplate it? Was it through discussion? You talk, did you talk to your, anyone about this? I, I didn't do any kind of 
therapy or anything, which I guess I, I definitely wouldn't suggest to myself if I was younger. I probably would have tried to figure, like, go through this with someone. But um, I had a big support system. Like, I had – my sister was one of the biggest supports through this entire – especially, like, my sister-in-law and my grandparents all passing away within a year. Um, and I would talk to her and say, like, I'm, you know, I'm feeling something or – um, I feel like I'm connecting to granny. I feel like I'm doing the, you know, and she was there for me, but I didn't, I haven't like seen a therapist on anything when it, as it relates to death. And I, I don't want to say it's because I feel like. It's because of the big eyes. Yeah. It's the big eyes. Cause I'm wise. <laughs> Wait, that, I saw, I'm going to a little excerpt real quick. Um, <laughs> is that a real thing? Big eyes, like an owl. Is that why is owls? Yes. Are, that's what it's from. Yeah. Is that silly that I, I'm asking this? Yeah. Like a wise, wise owl eyes. I mean, is everyone, how do we confirm that an owl is actually wise? Because they know how many lips licks to the center of the Tootsie Pop. I think that about covers that. So, <laughs> right um, so what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> uh, you were asking if I talked to anyone about everything. Um, right. I guess the, the only thing that I did probably more formally was through these like retreats at work. Got I mean, at, at work, at school. What about your brother? My oldest brother, the one uh, whose wife passed away. So he's... That guy. Yes. So I'm the youngest of six and he's 21 years older than me. Um, so when I was nine, he was 30, you know, so yeah, yeah, 21 plus nine equals 30. Um, so we were, we're always been in very different phases and like I was born and he was at college and then went and fought in desert storm. So I've always been, we've always been on like different parts of our life by, um, by like a million. So, uh, how he dealt with it and what he's doing, it'd be hard for me to speak on. Um, he probably doesn't even know the impact this has had on me in my life in the positive way that I would say that it has had, um, but also in how difficult it was. He probably doesn't even know that. He would know this if that if he listened to this. Yeah. So you haven't talked to him? Have you guys, what about now? Because that was the point where you start really making these yeah. Not now, but you know, when yeah. you get older, you make these realizations, all that. Yeah. Juice. Um, have you guys spoke about it recently? Not recently. I've actually most recently seen them. They were at my wedding. I got married this summer. Um, but they came up uh, a couple months before my brother and my oldest nephew because he's now since remarried and has three other kids. Um, and they came up and we had some like walking down memory lane with my nephew because he's really close in age to me. You know, he's 22 now. Um and he like t- shows me how he remembers her by and he has, you know, her picture in his wallet and stuff. And it, it, it breaks me down, you know, because he didn't even I mean, didn't know her at all. You know, he was a little tiny baby. Um, so he has little memorabilia about her. And I just kind of took a moment to tell her how amazing he, she was and, um, you know, the impact she had on me, but not in the sense of like actually talking to my brother that deeply about it. What about your nephew? I mean, you said, I know you mentioned some comments like how, you know, he does, does he know the story? Does he know what happened at this point? Uh, yeah, I'm sure he knows definitely, I think the details. Again, I don't know exactly about like how he deals with it, but he's who I was mentioning has like the little forms of memorabilia and things about her. Um, so he has his ways, I think, of kind of remembering her, even though he didn't really live much, you know, of his life knowing her. But, um, yeah, that would just mess with me. I mean, I think yeah. I think about even if I didn't know my mother and, you know, that happened once you get older again, keep going yeah. back to that. 
you know, you, then you start really questioning things. I feel like it's easy to find blame. It's easier to feel this yeah. and that, which you, you shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, maybe you should let it go, I guess. Yeah. But it's just interesting to think how someone of his age would contemplate what had happened at this point of his life. Yeah. And, and even like little things like trying to understand where you came from, you know, the things about you that you kind of look at either parent and, and try to, uh, you know, understand where he came from. It's yeah. That's like a whole other level of how he's actually managing it or, or, you know, or moving on from it in many ways, you know, because it was something that wasn't there and he did have someone else in his life to help raise him and which is a beautiful thing. And he still we, it sees um, his mom's side of the family, I think at least once a year. So would you say you're at peace with death and it's from someone who, you know, experience it's always surrounded by it at such a young age, you know, there comes a point where you just, you questioned it like you did. Yeah. Where are you with, where are you with it? I'm, I think I'm definitely at peace with it. And I think the reason, except for I, I say that and I hesitate as you could see, because I think going through all of it and being around so many people that deal with it, you see how one, how resilient people are, which is a beautiful thing. Like just as a society, as human beings, we're very resilient. And I think what you can give yourself is kind of taking that, you know, like I said, everything happens for a reason, like trying to find that reason and and making sense of it in a way of how you live your life going forward. And I think I've done that. I think that I, the negative side of, like the, the good side of it is like, I have a really tough time saying no to things because I'm like, this could be it, you know? Right. Don't leave the don't leave the house without kissing Chris on the forehead in the morning because I'm like, oh, when I die, he's going to remember this one little kiss that I fluttered away and gave him. Like, I, everything's like a movie in my head. Were you thinking that too when he proposed to you? Too? Like, <laughs> yeah. Gotta say yes to this guy. <laughs> no, that's the only reason I said yes. Um, <laughs> but and I think the negative side of it is like constantly worried about like the last of things. Like even living in California when our family is from New Jersey and everyone's far away, I'm, in my head, I'm like, all these memories that I'm missing, you know, because something something could happen. It could happen at any moment. So I've got like that paranoid side, but if I channel it appropriately, it's like seizing the the day, you know. Right, that's <laughs> kind of the, that's the paradox. Is yeah, I, I mean, we could relate there as well. Both came yeah. from Jersey, moved away from our family. We're both yep. close to our family, thankfully. And it's it's that that opposition, that contrast. That okay, if you look at life, you know, this this could happen, that could happen. I want to live it to my fullest. This mm -hmm. and that. I always question like. If I believe that, which I do, why did I move so far from my family? Right. It doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. It's like I did it because, you know, I, I want to accomplish this. I want to do that. Yeah. And I felt gravitated, but I'm still so far from my family. That's what makes it the hardest. I, you know, I make this decision to do that selfishly when they support me, which right. is amazing. And I'm sure they're the same. But they're always gnawing yeah. back at us to come back. Yeah. But it's just such a contrast when you're saying, you know, you live life by this mantra yep. and that mantra leads you to oppose at the same time. Yeah. And- what I guess it goes back to then is like if experiences, like I said, and, and the impact that you have on people and the impact people have on you isn't really about time, isn't linear, and it's more about depth, then it doesn't matter where you are. You right, know, it goes back to the it impression. It goes back to the impression, right? It goes back to, you know, your family's there and they're the deepest connections you can have for better or for worse. So that should allow you to not be against that mantra. But it's hard. You know, it's hard when the birthday cakes are getting, the candles are getting blown out in my head. I'm like, everyone's going to die any moment <laughs> and I'm going to be here and I'm going to have to fly home. And, you know, and those dark thoughts don't leave, which I think is some of the stuff that 
the other thing that I think is interesting through, you know, what this podcast will show is people, it's, it's the one thing, no matter who you are, where you come from, like education, anything, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. If, <laughs> so, we, if we weren't all going like, to die, I wouldn't even, I don't know what this, I don't know what podcast it would have started. It, well, it'd be a super weird podcast about owls. like owls and I guess people chronologicals disappearing and lines. <laughs> lines? <laughs> yeah. Cause I brought up lines a couple of times oh, right, with like right. one thing. Yeah. 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 We can figure um, that part out. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's like, it's the one thing we all have in common and the one thing that you know, you don't agree necessarily on what happened before you were born or what happened after, right? That that part's TBD. People are still really fighting over that mm-hmm. shit, like what happens after. What do you think happens after? Do you want to put that on record? Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> dude, I don't know. And I don't think none of y'all know. That's no. how I feel. Okay, that's the one thing. Okay, you know what? Okay, that's none of y'all, none of us know for sure. That's why it's, you know, it's an opinion. But I think no. my opinion yeah. is... That nothing's absolute. So that's kind of how I live my life with anything mm-hmm. in life, whether no matter what the perspective is. It's like, okay, I believe this because it's nice. It feels good. That's what I believe. And if someone else, you know, lays on me their own proposition of what they yeah. believe, I'm not going to say no. Like, yeah. what do I know? Yeah, yeah. I only know owls are wise for sure. Other than Which that, Which you just learned tonight. I just confirmed tonight. Yeah. Confirmed. I, I mean, I connected the dots. I said owl. <laughs> so anyway, forget the owls. Um, you know, like nothing's nothing's absolute. So that's why it's interesting to hear your thoughts on it. I'm not going to yeah. say yay or no. I mean, some people like back at their high be like, oh, this person's crazy. Yeah. But we don't know. And I think no. now in this day and age is so beautiful. A lot of things are changing. There's a lot of new perspectives coming out there when the people that used to think, oh, that person's wacko. Now yeah. it's coming to fruition a little more about yeah. energy and all that stuff. So whatever you believe, yeah. whatever make, if it makes you happy, believe it. But at the same exactly. time, to say that nothing's absolute. And back to you, what happens after death? You know, I have a, I don't, I don't think... Like, I agree with you. I don't, I think it's really hard for anyone to be like, I know for sure. Like, you know, this is exactly what happens. And I do wish that there was more of an people being okay, like you are with like, oh, that, that idea sounds great. Or that w- the reason behind how you got there sounds amazing. I ne- might not necessarily think that, but it's like, if it didn't create such opposition, that would be an amazing, you know, path for us to be on as a society. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> It's hard because in many ways, I I very much believe in energy. I very much believe in, um, I'm a spiritual person in, in many ways. I definitely think back to me being young and like trying to connect to something that was no longer physically there, but like emotionally and mentally. Um, I think that, you know, if you really had me sit here for a while and, and think about how I would articulate it and try to put it quickly, I think a lot of the power in people like life after death is in the people that are still living. Interesting. If that makes sense, right? Like, so when I think about the pictures that people put up and again, one of the saddest things about someone passing away and someone remembering them on Facebook and all those things is you see those same pictures and it's heart wrenching because you're like, all this person wants is new memories, you know, new pictures, something to show them like more recently, but you've got this like preserved moment in time. But the thing is, is like those stories and those memories and like, you know, the impact again like back to that depth of impact that stuff that you talk about about the person that's kind of what makes them live after they died you yeah. know yeah. um it's like inception uh, the movie inception where for those who haven't seen inception some guy leonardo dicaprio starred in it spoiler spoiler and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and each elevator he went on was a different memory and it was like locked in time and it was almost frustrating and i guess the lesson i took from that he wasn't letting go mm-hmm. and when i say let go it's not that you forget the memories because that's not going to happen yeah. you want to hang on to those memories but at the same time you let go. Right. What does that mean? 
dude, I mean, I think it's it's letting go of trying to have well, I don't know from inception, but yeah, it's got like for me, that's what it is, right? It's like you're, you're you've got to keep going. You've got to keep living, right? So this is like coming back to the same two points, but like the death is going to happen. The person is no longer going to be there. That is sad. Like there, and and there's so many things that you can do and try and figure out and explain away as to how to not be sad about that, but you know, my my thing is when anyone passes away, I'm like, "No, feel it. Like be there. Don't right. stop crying." Like do feel it be in that moment which is exactly what I did when I was nine right like I was like I gotta do like I gotta put the mirror up on this I've gotta feel this and have it you know bruise me in a way that kind of you know I'll come back from but I think it's like you've got to find the ways to make it continue to let you live and live maybe better maybe more experienced maybe it's something that's just added to your being um you hit the nail on the head right there because I've said that before too but it's so it's so wild that you were able to encapsulate that at such a young age. You know what I mean? Just to ability, feel it. Like, you know, you know that you feel it at nine, ten, eleven. Some people that I know are grown ass men, grown yeah. women today that just suppress it. And I think I don't know if it's a societal thing or or what how it's maybe I'm wrong here, but it's like we're told like not to feel. Oh, yeah. Not to feel it. It's like suppressing is the worst thing you do in anything. Yeah. And the fact that you can feel it, it's like, okay, if you feel angry, don't be like, oh, I'm selfish. Like, feel angry. If you feel yeah. mad, uh, pissed off, crying, whatever it is, it's okay to feel it. And that's part of like letting it go. Because once you let it come up, you, you know, diagnose it. This is what I feel. And that's okay. It's okay yeah. to feel like that. Even if it doesn't make sense, even if it feels like it's selfish, no matter what you feel, that's what's natural. Yeah. Let that feeling come up and then just let it go. No matter what it is, death, yeah. a breakup, uh, losing your job. It's just, it's okay to feel. It's okay to feel. Yeah. But be kind of cognitive of what you're feeling, not to let it go wild. Yeah. But it's okay to feel. Yeah. And then what you show yourself is how strong you actually are through it. Right. Like it's the same thing as going through, you know, de- levels of anxiety. I would never pretend like I fully comprehend because I know people go through so much with that. But when you can show yourself how powerful your mind is and like, how much we're really made to like we're very smart beings you know and so yeah feel that feel that shit like go through it cry have your moment and explain and be okay with saying you know i'm sad because my sister-in-law committed suicide a month ago six months ago a year ago 30 years however you know 20 years ago it's it's stuff that just it should stay with you because this stuff it's it's amazing like we we put like happy experiences as things that build you to be this amazing person you know, but it's all of them. It's all of them. It's even mistakes that go on. Like all of that stuff, you're just kind of padding in and making into this amazing thing that is yourself so long as you let them come in there and actually guide you, you know, into life. And I, and that's, that's it. And that's, that's where I think it's like, what is after life? I think I don't know. Cause right now I really want to focus on doing this life really well, because I don't know when my line's going to end. You know, and I know that the depth of experience that I want to have with people and how I, and I'm not, I'm not perfect by any means, but it's, it's, it's You're pretty perfect. definitely, <laughs> did Chris tell you to say that? <laughs> um, but it definitely like, it, it changes the way if you let it in a, in a positive way, the way that you approach life. And if all you're doing is focusing on living a great life, then if there is an afterlife and there's something that that mattered, great. But if not, you've also just made a really wonderful impact, impactful life on other people and on everyone around you. So like it's win-win, you know? Yeah, I don't know. 
It's kind of Buddhist of me, to be honest with you. Ain't like, nothing wrong with that. You <laughs> did something right. Um, but I wonder, it makes me think, I'm thinking, this is me thinking, mm-hmm. as to why some people are able to so easily hit that switch and go in the right direction, whatever right direction yeah. is, the more positive direction. And I feel like there's so many variables, you know, your environment, who's dragging yeah. you down, this or that. But someone like you that just seemed like, you know, you had great supporting cast, strong family. Yeah. But how does, how do you, some, how, what's your opinion on, this is kind of off subject a little bit. What's your opinion on someone else going through it, whatever it is, suicide, any kind of death yeah. that isn't taking it right? I feel like it's very, there's so, many, so much going on that once you like talk to someone, A, no matter what it is, you can't change someone's mind. You can yeah. offer your opinion at the end of the day. Yeah. Unless they decide to make a change, whatever it is, that's not going to happen until you decide. Yeah. So you can't force it on people. I feel like you just tell someone that you know lost someone and they're feeling so down and going in a bad direction. You can't be like, man, just be happy. Like You should do this, you should do that. What? Why is that? And how do you think you talk to someone who is going in the wrong direction in the most gentle way possible? Yeah, I think it's hard because it's it definitely sounds easier, I think, than it is. But at the same time, I think it's like, you know, those those things that people say to one another when they're coping through something, like even when people – it's so interesting. Like even when people lose someone and like they go out for the first time having a great time, you know, there's always this level of guilt of, you know, I should be mourning, I should be, you know, because at the same token, we were just talking about feeling your moment and, and, and like, you know, feeling that pain and understanding it and really like getting channeling it. And I think the biggest thing, it, it, it's so simple, right? It's just like, people will pass away, you're going to lose them. And you could literally just look at it like a fork in the road, right? Like you can do one way, you can be sad, you can be angry, you can be pointing fingers at whatever situation it was or why they were there, why didn't they why didn't they, you know, turn around or why did they make that U-turn when they weren't supposed to? Like all of those things that you you know you can't answer. Like you know you can't answer. There's no answer to it. And at some point you just have to say that was what find the best that there was and that really like better it, it's so silly but it's like better to have loved than lost than to have loved, never loved before and then you know you, so you could do that you could definitely find a world of, of questioning and being angry and punching holes in walls or it's like I learned what did I learn from that like what am I taking from that to make my time on earth out of respect for that person out of respect for myself out of respect for everyone around me how do I make the best like the best of that but it's I feel I feel people, even myself included. I feel, you know I'm learning a lot as I get older. Everything changes. I'm still learning, but I feel people have much more of a choice and much more power than we think we have. Like obviously, there's something we a lot of things we don't have control of. But at the end of the day, I truly believe we have a lot more control than we think. And the most basic way to understand that is just the way you think. And it sounds so cliche and all these like positive blah blah blah. But it really is a choice. And that's why I love when you said it's a fork in the road because it's really what it is. You can Just as easy as you can say, I can literally turn left here on this road or I can literally turn right. It takes practice and discipline, but you can literally make that decision with anything. So I think you're right. That's a great way to put it. So someone who is at that moment of time where they are miserable, it's like just really sit down and think to yourself. You got to think with yourself, no one else. Like no one's going to tell you what to do. But think truly, like, do I want to? Deep down, do I really want to be happy? Am I? Or am I too comfortable in this misery? Because I think once you realize, if you can answer it, say, yeah, I, I really do want to be happy. I'm not happy right now. That's the first step. Make a decision, and then cho- make choices from there on out that amplify that decision. 
So I, it's a choice. Yeah. And I think the important thing about it is, though, if you take the fork in the road where you're like, I'm just going to live, like we're making it sound so simple, that you're, there's going to be really difficult days and you're going to need help. Like maybe one in one way, you're like driving a car on your own. And that's if you make a right, you're going to be on your own, you know, and you're going to be sad and you're not focusing on like life. You're focusing on why this happened. You're dwelling in that moment. And the other way, like maybe you're riding a bus and there's a bunch of people, you know, that are going to help you get from point A to point B. But I think the important thing is, is like you are in control. Like that's the entire mantra of this of this whole thing. Like you can, as a human, we are so, like we're strong first and we have weak moments, you know, because we're- That's where discipline comes in. We're, sm- we're smart, strong people. And like even, I find, I find like silly things. I don't know how we're going down a tangent of like control of your mind, but it's important because it's like even irrational fears. Like I shouldn't say that, that's rude because some people will- Fears will be very um, real to people, but like it's irrational if you're like, well, like scared of blue cheese. Like, yeah, that's exactly it. Or essential oils, non essential um, oils. oils. No, um, you know, I think that even in things like being in being in my house alone, like stupid little things that I have friends even that would be so afraid of different, you know, different moments. Or no, I'm not going to do that because I'm afraid. Or you know, I'm not going to jump out of a plane because I'm afraid. Like these, all of these things where you're like, you could be and you could not do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you could also realize how powerful it is. And every time you overcome something, even little fears, like, you know, what are those memes that they always show? It cracks me up where it's like no one. And then it's like me running up from the basement stairs at night when yeah, you were a kid yeah, yeah. and you like run so fast and you make it to the top. You're like, I just survived that. Right. <laughs> Like, that's like a very simple way to put it. And I think, you know, for me, and I I definitely think this is one of the things you and I always connected on was like, how are we going to live? And it's perspective. It's all perspective. uh, Everyone's fear is different. Everyone's fear is different. And I was stuck on a roller coaster at Six Flags, the very peak. And what I took from this lesson was, it was interesting. I was like, I was good. Like, of course, my heart was pumping, but I wasn't terrified. I was actually like laughing. Meanwhile, to my right, a little kid and four other adults were hysterically crying. Like it was a real traumatic experience. And I was trying to keep it cool and be respectful and help them. But my thought was, we have the same view. Mm -hmm. We have the same view, same experience. But I was looking at it like, I'm good. Worst case, if I die, it's going to be quick. Just don't get my leg caught. But the other people were having a we're yeah. screaming, cursing, screaming, I don't want to die. And it was crazy. It was yeah. really it was a wild moment. But the, what I thought from that was, you know, it's just the way that I'm looking at it. And not that I'm yeah. right, but, no. you know, I was calm. But just a simple switch, a simple mm-hmm. switch of the way you look at it changes yep. everything. Absolutely. And it's not an easy, like you say, you go on the, you're taking the bus down this bumpy road. It's not going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just going to decide. Dick David said, just decide and it's done. Like, no, you're going to decide to make it work. Yeah. And then you're going to be aware there's going to be bumps, there's going to be bruises, there's going to be days where you're not motivated, there's going to yeah. be days where you feel crappy again. But hit that switch again and, mo- and remember why you're doing it. Yeah. And I think that's that's the challenge that, you know, be willing to go through that and realizing it's not easy, having the willpower to just figure it out. Yeah. And what you're going to grasp onto and, and how you're going to, and if this all, you know, obviously this all comes back to people passing away and tragic things happening. And it's like, again, if you can always come back to those moments of why am I doing this and who am I doing this for? And, you know, if if you think back to these people that we've lost, right, and then how we choose to live our lives after, a lot of, again, a lot of what people say when they're coping is like, what would they want you to do? They want you to get back on the horse and go. And it's like, there's, there's that's real, that you know, real. that's real because they didn't live their life 
sad and, and upset and dwelling on things and fearful and all that, probably. Probably, because you know? there and is the other side are, of the put where, right. you know, some person, it wasn't a good relationship, yeah. but you still feel sad and maybe that person was an asshole and they're like, oh, you know what, I think about it. If I really <laughs> talked to that person, he'd say, stay down. So, <laughs> yeah, he'd probably be like, go in your hole. Yeah, go in your hole. So that's that's an even deeper yeah, impression yeah, that you got to yeah, work yeah. out. Yeah, um, so think in general, if you want the people that you're talking about, and probably, I mean, it would be interesting to talk to people who have those kinds of experiences, but that all goes back to depth of experience, right? Like how much people can impact you, positive or negative, and who you're going to be in life and how do you want that positive or negative thing to be? And like I said, then if you let that guide your life, if you let that guide how you live, one, you're going to have, you're going to feel okay when these horrible things happen eventually. Right. And that's the thing you have to always remind yourself is you can come out from this stuff. And, and so long as you're grabbing onto those things that make you live your life the best way that you possibly can, you're going to be okay. Right. And I truly, I'm a true believer that no matter how deep you're in, like there's so many scenarios I've heard people are in bad places that yeah. I can't relate to. I really yeah. can't. And it's, it's kind of naive for someone who hasn't been in certain yeah. places to be like, oh, you can get out of it. But I truly believe that. And no matter how deep you are and no matter how miserable it seems, I truly believe no matter what the situation is, there is always a way out. And it starts with you deciding. Absolutely. And once again, this is not coming from a person who knows the answers, yeah. who can relate to the certain situations. Yeah. But I, no matter what the scenario, I truly believe there is always a way out. Yep. And there's plenty of proof out there. You, yep. the other guests I've had, people that are coming on, people I don't know, there are, if you can't. It's just like when the first person that broke the four minute barrier for a mile, no one could do it. It was impossible. He broke it. Then like months later, there was person after person. So once you yeah. see it, yeah. that it can be done, then you know you can do it. So it's like, okay, then if that's the case, look at someone who's done it and believe. Yeah. And believe, believe in yourself and seriously understand how strong and willful our brains and our beings are and- how much you've seen you see it from like different vantage points just like you said and that's what you can also find out like find out other people's vantage points find out what other people are seeing when they're looking at the same exact painting you know and if life's that then you're just getting a little bit more you know and that's experience. what i'm hoping what happens from this you know like, yeah. i feel like for anyone still listening you can listen to meg talk you can listen to me talk you can listen to the past guest talk but everyone that's going to come on there's always a way to relate no matter how different the story is mm -hmm. So I believe, you know, you take, you pull everything out with a grain of salt, but hearing other people talk, hearing their story might give you some insight on something that you never thought about. Yeah. You know, I'm already contemplating everything you just said that I've, what did you even have considered? And I think that's the beauty of talking about it and hearing everyone's story and hearing yeah. your story. Thank you. Yeah. It's, well, it's, we all go through it. We all go through it one way or another. And that's the interesting part is that when people that haven't, I have friends that haven't had dealt with death on a really intimate level so they can't relate yeah but at the same time you don't have to wait for that so if there's a message no. that i'm trying to get to the audience that hasn't experienced it you can listen to stories not to be sad and not to avoid it's like a lot of people that are going to be listening to this like oh i haven't lost someone so I, this is not yeah. a topic for me but it is it's, it's a life topic it's yeah a, it's a life connection is that what you said earlier because i was thinking you called it something earlier I, think I said something about our connection wasn't on death i said it was on life uh, yeah, it was cool. I think it might be a possible name to this topic, this episode. I like it. Cool. We'll revert back to that. We'll play it back. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, Meg, I just want to thank you so much. I think we, uh, I think we probably go on for a long while here. Yeah. Um, but I want to thank you for coming on here. You are a truly special person. You are an owl, and 
uh, anyone listening, I promise you, she is the person to go to when you have something to talk about. Um, I'm probably going to use that when the mic's off. Um, <laughs> but Meg, I love you. Thanks and, for having um, me. Thank you so much. So guys, it's another episode of Dead Talks. Um, we're probably going to cue that music again soon. And please, if you like the episode, you like me, if you like Dead Talks, if you don't like it, don't do anything. But if you do like it, please subscribe, give me some reviews, let me know what you think, and then uh, we can make this shit big. All right. Thank you again, guys. And we'll talk soon. Dead Talks. Thank you.